Hello and welcome to the Let's Talk Leadership podcast, the Culture Edit Reloaded. I'm Sandra Patel, founder and CEO of Transition Partners. This season, I'm flying solo as I sit down with international leaders to discuss their leadership journeys and how they have embedded a thriving and positive culture. Hello and welcome back to our Let's Talk Leadership podcast, The Culture Edit. My name is Sandra Patel and I'm delighted to be back here today recording. This is my first recording of the day um, and I'd love to welcome Sally Nicholson who is Delivery Director at TransUnion. Hi Sally, how are you? Good morning, I'm fine, thank you Sandra. Yes, how are you? Good, I'm good, thank you. It's uh, nice that the sun's out, isn't it? We're having a really lovely week in terms of the really weather. Lovely. Yeah, I've been out with the dog already this morning while it's a bit cooler before it gets too hot. <laughs> it's really nice. <laughs> oh, nice. Um, fantastic. So we've, we've talked about this um, podcast a, a few times, haven't we? And I think we've, we've tried to, um, to get this recording in a couple of times. So I'm really looking forward to sharing your journey and your experiences and having a really good chat today um to um yeah to share with all our listeners and viewers so it'd be i always start with just kind of setting a bit of context so it'd be really good initially just to give us a little bit more of an idea of your background um how your journey started um you know how how you got into the tech world um and and how you kind of worked your way up to director level particularly being a female as well yeah okay so I, I guess when I was at, at sort of doing my A levels, I wasn't wasn't great at doing that, and and wasn't really very clear about where I wanted to go, any direction. I just knew I wanted to go to work at that stage. I had a very strong sense of independence, and the career advice that I got wasn't particularly helpful. But I did, by chance, find out about a degree that I could do part time in quantity surveying. So. I was lucky enough to get on that and find myself a placement with a firm that would sponsor me through it, which I guess this is sort of nearly 30, well, it's more than 30 years ago now, but it's what we'd call an apprenticeship today with a, with an agree, a degree associated to yeah. it. So I actually got onto that course. It was five years. I had a number of jobs while I was doing it, all, all funding the, the programme that I was on. But by the end of it, I'd sort of spent a bit more time in the work that I was doing, looking at the data and, and the tools that we were using to, to sort of manage the, the information that we needed to do the job um, well. And as a result of that, I, I got myself on a, on a, a, a computing and business um, course um, at Huddersfield and looked okay. for a job that was going to be able to use a bit more of that sort of um, angle and got a job at GE Capital Finance. So I went to work there while I was um, starting this this program, but they didn't want to carry on sponsoring that. So we parked that, never finished that, but it really did give me that step into the mm. direction. Do you think doing that? Do you think doing that gave you that stepping stone into GE? Like, had you have not done that it course, definitely, do you think? it absolutely yeah. did. I got that first, and as a result of that, I got the got onto the interview program that they were doing. They did one of those right. assessment days where they invited lots yeah. of people with no real idea what they were going to do with them, um, but picked out the best of the bunch and offered offered jobs out. And and as a result of that, I got a business anal- analyst job with GE, um, and mm-hmm. I stayed there only for about seven months, mainly because the environment that I was working in 
didn't really give me any idea what my career path might be with them. Um, yeah. I actually got a job with Scorex, who were um, bought by Experian back in 2004. But when I started at Scorex, we it, it was a real clear path that I could see I could sort of be on and, and be able to progress. Yeah. And I started off very much as a junior analyst at Scorex. We built software solutions that provided credit risk strategy decisioning um, for lots of different financial services clients, um, the big banks, uh, you know, anybody really would lend credit. So I got mm -hmm. my, foot in, my, my foot in the door there and that was really the first point that I, I really think I got the chance to show what I was made of and yeah. really spread my wings a little bit. Um, I had the, the, the big break for me really came when I had a trip to Malaysia quite early on while I was there to go and implement some coding that I'd done into an existing Fantastic. solution in Malaysia and our managing director came with us. He had a special um, relationship with the client that we were working with and, and came yeah. with us on that trip and the work that I'd done there didn't actually work. Um, um, retrospectively the existing applications that were in the system were failing as a result of putting my change in and I'd, this was all happening in front of the managing director but I think the response to that mistake and the way we all sort of pulled together as a team to, to fix it while we were there and it was all working by the time we left but the work we'd had to put in to get to that point really sort of landed with him and when we came back from that trip he sort of made a comment to me that sort of really has lasted and you know you learn more from making mistakes and having to sort of fix those mistakes and mm -hmm. find the right solution than you do when everything goes swimmingly and you know he saw something in me in that trip that made him think that you know I had, I had the potential and, and I got promoted on the back of that and then I had a number of different roles within Scorex and an opportunity to go and set up a small delivery team in Copenhagen as part of that um, that, that time. So I spent a year in Copenhagen, which was really great as well. Wow, um, I've no, never I've been to Copenhagen, I really want to go. It's a fantastic city. I'd love to, it's a place I'd love to go back to now after a long time. I was yeah. there in 2003, so it's a long time since I was there and I haven't been back since, but I'd love to go now. Um, mm. So yeah, so that then, I had two girls, I had two lots of maternity leave <laughs> in the mix there. Um, came back into a consultancy role because at the time uh -huh. I was doing three days a week and that fits better with, with a sort of part-time week than um, doing a project manager role for example and after a period of doing that um, a job came up which was what I considered to be my dream job really at the time it was a delivery manager so it was managing the teams of analysts which was one of the, the role that I started as um, and testers and the, and the business analysts who were delivering solutions to our clients um, and I felt like this is a real opportunity I can't not go for this I could see a lot of things previously that I didn't think were doing, being done particularly well and wanted to have a go at doing them better I had an idea yeah. of what good looked like so I put myself forward for it and it was a massive leap that that was the one of those times where I thought I really don't know if I can do this and I was really afraid of, of the sort of failing at it I suppose but mm. I just thought I have to do it I can't not because this is my world this is what I know this is what I know how to do so I put myself forward for it and got that role at Experian as we were then um, looked after four different teams in um, the UK and in Sofia and we also had some InfoSec people working for us at the time as well so it's a big team spread across a lot of products and 
really quite a daunting prospect but absolutely threw myself at it and loved loved it um but the time came after a while of doing that that i got the opportunity to catch up with gary scott again who was the managing director i was talking about earlier and the mm-hmm. chance to go set help grow the team that a small team at Call Credit um mm-hmm. doing a similar role. Um but but it was it, it was about sort of not starting from scratch but taking what was really small at the time and helping them really grow at scale over a relatively short period of time. So I went to do that role and um we were then bought by TransUnion back in two thousand and eighteen. Yeah. I had a new boss as part of that. Um and she gave me the opportunity to spread my wings a bit further and take on responsibility for some of the other regions. She also saw in me the potential to do that. They recognised that what we were doing in the UK was was good um, and we could sort of really benefit from that in some of the other regions and I took on the role of delivery director uh, at that point. But it was really thanks to grabbing the opportunities when they were presented to me and not being afraid of of failing well I was afraid of failing but not let yeah. me go for it I, I was gonna say like that was one of the things that I was thinking but I didn't want to you were on a bit of a roll and I didn't want to kind of like chip in but um yeah did you at any point like um you know that kind of I guess that imposter syndrome can set in can't it and like did at any point you think oh I don't know if I should have gone for this then can I yeah. do it I've got everything that I need to to be able to do that yeah because it's classic I mean I I am that classic you look at a job spec you look at what's being asked of you and you think but I can't do that and I can't do that I can't do that as opposed to thinking well yeah but I can do all of this (laughs) you know um but I think and it's true and it's always there I don't think it ever really goes away and it only takes it can only take a difficult period of time or a difficult relationship or conversation with somebody that it brings it all back again but I think to recognize that I didn't get those opportunities just by chance. I got those mm. opportunities because of what had gone before and because of what people yeah. sort of saw in me and the successes yeah. that I'd had in the roles that I'd had in the past. Um, and, and you've got to remember that, you know, that's, that is the case and you can't control other people's behaviour in terms of how they make you feel, but you can, you can reinforce your own... Um, yeah, you, you can know. control your own emotions and thoughts and how yeah. you... Um, you know, may perceive certain situations, but um, yeah, and it's 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 easier said than done, isn't it? It is it's a difficult one, and like you say, imposter syndrome it is reoccurring. It does keep coming back. Yeah. Um. But um. Oh, fantastic! Well, that's such an impressive journey. Um. You know, to to get to the point where you are at the minute. Um. You know, starting off with that, the course that you did at um college in Huddersfield. Yeah, that is, it was yeah really fantastic. Yeah. Um. Brilliant. So I'm sure you've got a lot of um challenges um that you've overcome. Um. Lessons that you've learned along the way along that journey as well. So it'd be really good to delve into a little bit more detail um around some of the um you know i guess some of the things that you've learned along the way as well like what would you say one of your biggest leadership lessons is that you've learned and what did you take from that um i think probably the the biggest thing is learning to let go as you as you as you're trying to sort of take on that different role it is really important that you keep that more strategic 
level of, of you yeah. on what you're doing and keep focus on what is it you're trying to achieve what is the outcome that you're working towards and, and keep your your work and your focus on that and let mm. let let go of the detail I think is it you know because when it, when you grow up through sort of doing the job you know I've got analysts in my team doing exactly the same job as I did when I was starting at Scorex and yeah it's really difficult to let go of that detail yeah. um, and I think that will be the biggest thing really for me and learning to enjoy letting go of the detail perhaps you know and, and yeah. one of my bosses Chantel taught me this really is that you don't have to have all of that detail you know it's it's enjoy she said you need to learn to be bored <laughs> and what she meant was really <laughs> Not be bored, but but learn to to not get bogged down in too many conversations about things you don't need to be involved in that other people can can manage. Because um, and I'll come on to this when you ask me about um, which which books um, have, have resonated with me. But it, it's really important. You're empowering other people to progress and to develop if you let mm. them make their own decisions and make some choices for themselves and. I think I'm a bit of a control freak. I always have been. Um, that was partly the reason I was so independent at sort of a, you know, an early age and wanted to not not go off and do a full time degree. And I, I, that that sense of having to have control over things is something that I've had to let go of and recognise that yeah. my way is not the highway. You know, there are good ways of doing things that other people can do that well, not the way I would do it, but it has just as good results and learning to, to let that happen so i think that's probably one of the biggest things is, is letting go of the detail and empowering other people to make decisions about how they want to do things yeah yeah no i absolutely agree and i and and i was kind of like laughing inside to myself because i really i it, that's one of the things that i think I'm not sure i'd say i've fully learned yet um, it's something that i have to work on um quite a bit but getting out of that getting out of the detail um, because the thing is as well when you when you go back to the detail a little bit you do actually enjoy it and you so, well and you you miss it a little bit sometimes so I love solving problems but yeah you'll contribute to the solving of the problem but I don't have to own the problem anymore I don't have to make that my problem I can say well you know this, yeah. this is the problem the team's got to solve and I can give some ideas and suggestions but you can coach them can't you <laughs> yeah yeah. yeah yeah no definitely um it's difficult it is a difficult one to get the balance right isn't it um fantastic and how um i guess we're talking it, it seems quite appropriate to bring this question in next because we're talking about people um <clears throat> so it'd be really good um to talk a little bit more about your leadership style like how do, how would your if we went, if I went to your teams like, and asked them what they thought about your leadership style, the yeah. pros and the cons, and you know, what would they say? How would they describe you? I think they would say direct, very direct, honest, fair. You know, so the directness is is because I'm very transparent. I I don't sort of um, try to. I, I'd always. Yeah, I don't try and fluff things up. If things need yeah. to be said, they need to be said, yeah. And I don't mean that in, you know, rude. I try not to be rude. I think I, yeah. over the years I've learned to be a lot less, a bit more sensitive about that directness. <laughs> and yeah. apply a bit more sensitivity <laughs> around too. it than I used to do. But um, I think I also absolutely highly value accountability in people at any level. I think anybody can be accountable for what they do. It doesn't matter whether they're mm. a junior analyst a senior project manager or 
um, the, the head of the delivery team. It, anybody should be willing to take accountability for their work. And um, you know, I really drive a sense of personal ownership in people for the work that they do. And I would like to think that they see me as a role model in that because I would never sort of not accept responsibility for something that I feel is 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 on me you know so yeah um i think i like to see that in other people as well um and i think generally pragmatic too because i'm you know the process and procedures are there for good reason but i don't mm -hmm. like it when we're when they're not adding value or we're just doing it for the sake of for the sake of it so pragmatism yeah. amongst the process of procedure i think is is really important and i think hopefully people would would get that from me as well um so, so those are the main things, really. I think, yeah. Yeah, and and over the years, how do you think your um, approach to managing people has evolved? Um, and what what um, what do you, what could you, from you know from that experience over the years? Yeah. What could you share? What do you feel like share, you know that's worth sharing with our listeners um, that could really add value to their journeys into. Um, leadership and aspiring to, you know, there's, we, we have a lot of listeners that are aspirational and, um, yeah, I think that would be really interesting. So I think, um, I think um, always always being prepared to sort of challenge and, and ask why. I remember early on sort of feeling, when I was first in the delivery role at Experian and looking after yeah. the big team and, and getting team meetings together and and really wanting people to give feedback and you know because I find it relatively easy to give feedback and mm -hmm. I, I, you know I, I, I like to hear feedback from other people I think getting that is so invaluable to us and yeah. encouraging that but it's really really difficult to do to get people to speak up and, and I think it's easy to feel that it's quite a daunting thing to do for somebody who's more junior in a team or not quite as kind of extrovert perhaps um, and so being a bit more sympathetic to the fact that people are not necessarily willing to put their hand up and speak up in a, in a big audience but trying other ways to get that feedback from people um, but I think that's you know um, a really really important thing it's communication is always two ways isn't it you know it's not about yeah. top down always it, we, the feedback is, is absolutely crucial to making sure that you're on the right track with what you're doing but at the end of the day you can't deliver what you need to deliver without a team of people behind you and on that mm. level with you and you're understanding where it is you're trying to get to and knowing that they've understood that is really really important so um i think i think that would be one of the biggest things and and again the delegation a bit, a bit as i touched on earlier um the delegation yeah. of, and letting go of some of the detail and, and empowering other people to to take that ownership and personal responsibility for things and um you know initially when I was in that role it was I know what I'm doing this is what I want to do I want you to do it my way and as time's gone on I've learned that that's not always the best yeah the best it's not always one one size fits all is it like no. you know one style no. fits all is it's yeah being like flexible and open and trusting that um you know once people have got the skills and they've been you know trained they may adapt and do things differently yeah. but the outcome yeah. could still be the same yeah yeah Especially when you think about how much technology's changed in all the time. But yeah. that, that first job that I had when I was starting my, my first degree, we had one computer in the whole office and we had to share it. <laughs> and you had to book a slot to actually get on the computer, you know. Whereas, and it was a different world altogether that I started in. And 
So you kind of got to remember that the young people, especially that are coming into the teams today, have got different ways of communicating. And, you know, I can yeah, learn as much yeah. from them as, as I can teach them. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. That's brilliant. Um, so we touched on this earlier, um, imposter syndrome. Um, it's something that's always there for pretty much I think I think nearly everyone suffers with it in some way like you know varying different levels um and it's something that I know I've certainly you know struggled with um over the years what are your thoughts on imposter syndrome and how you know what advice would you give to others on how you've tackled it and your experiences within with imposter syndrome so I think I would say that as I said, the opportunities that I've had, I've grasped. Mm. And, you know, yeah. I, I've very often, when I got the director role for Chantel, so I know it's, I, was, I was the head of delivery within the UK when Chantel became my boss. Um, a number of months, that was, that was in the summer of 2018, and in the beginning of 2019, she said she was looking for the director role to be filled for the, what yeah. we call the Western Hemisphere. And... At the time, the reason I went for that job was, and I was absolutely, I can't possibly do that for all of these other regions, different time zones, you know, I've got a youngish family still and all the rest of it. But I thought, what's going to happen if I don't go for that job is somebody else is going to come in and tell me how to do my job. <laughs> and that yeah. was the last thing I wanted to happen. And actually, what, what you've got to do is you've got to go back and look at all the good stuff you've done that have put you in that position that that was even an opportunity in the first place. That, that you were even considering it, you know, because I think it's easy to just keep focusing on the future, but you take some time to look back at what you've actually achieved and how much you've been able to do. Um, and, you know, as a, as, a, as a woman that's kind of um, got to, I've got two teenage daughters now, and, you know, every stage of their, their lives has, has required a different mm -hmm. input from me. They're both doing the, G, in the GCSE and A-level sort of period of time now. So... Um, wow. I think it's a juggling act. You, you're constantly juggling something and, and realising yeah. that, you know, being able to juggle all that, not just what you've achieved at work, but what you've achieved at home as well, is, is quite quite something. And remind yourself of what you've actually managed to achieve so far, not just think about um, the future. Um, I, I think that's that's the main thing. Keep, keep your perspective and don't let small comments that can be made by other people get mm. too much airtime in your head. Yeah. yeah. I think that's it, isn't it? It's those noises in the head that um that's the challenging aspect. Um and it's just um, you know, trying to be strong with managing those emotions. Um yeah. and like you say, just keep remaining grounded and, and that and and that perspective, you know, being grateful for um where you've got to today and keep reminding yourself of all the positive things and the things that you've achieved. Um, easier said than done, but in it principle, is, yeah. <laughs> you've got to um, voice telling you, you know, can you do this? Are you good enough? Well, yeah, of course you can, and yes, I yeah. am good enough. Yeah. I can do it. Yeah, can do, I can do it, and I am good enough. <laughs> um, fantastic. And what you've, you know, you've had, you've obviously had a very successful career. Um, you've, um, you know, it's great, great story um, to hear, and you know, we've known each other for a long time, but um, it's been really interesting for me to 
understand where it all started, how it all began for you and, and to actually really hear how you've achieved um, everything that you've you've achieved, particularly with, you know, having two kids as well and um, all the other challenges that um, life throws at us. And, and uh, you know, I know that you've probably not had a huge amount of time outside of, of work with um, the family and everything, but um, I'm sure along that journey you've read some um, good content um, some books, podcasts, or you know, and what what would is there any? Yeah, are there any kind of authors or books that you'd recommend that that you feel has added value to your journey and to get you to where you are today? Yeah, and when we were sort of talking about this question, I I, I thought oh, I don't I don't read textbooks, <laughs> and I, don't, <laughs> I genuinely don't go to textbooks. Although I have had some yeah. recommended for me that I have, and. Um, a couple of them are um, well. The first one is a really sort of simple concept and and really easy to pick up and read book and dip in and out of. It's not not yeah. a big tome at all, and it's the One Minute Manager. And somebody gave me that book oh, yeah. um, a few years ago. It was at the start of my, my journey at Call Credit, and you know, recognizing that when you take on other people's monkeys, you're not helping them at all. You're not helping yourself and you're not helping them you know you're not empowering yeah. them and, and and you owning every it's i guess again it's back to letting go of the detail really but just letting other people kind of have a problem and deal with it themselves and helping them do that but not taking on that problem yourself is is a huge thing because it's helping them learn it's helping them develop it's keeping the balance of of work across the team in the right way it's stopping other people becoming bored and not feeling like they've got no no control and no sense of, of um, achievement about things and, and so that was a really good one I would definitely recommend anybody picking that one up and reminding themselves how important it is to let other people do what they need to do um, the other one was the Good to Great book um, which, uh, yeah. yeah something that again that was recommended um, as a read and dipped in and out of that a lot um, mm -hmm. picking up at times where you think right we're on a bit of a journey here now what you know what, what should we be thinking about and that that's definitely one getting the right people on the bus um and i would add to that getting the right people in the right seats on the bus too is, is is really really valuable and um so that that's another one that i would recommend but the one book that um a female colleague recommended to me actually when i was on a women in leadership program at transunion and, and i took it on holiday and i just devoured it, it was work mm -hmm. like a woman by mary portas and it was all about her story and how she started off and she's obviously in the fashion industry and she used to work yeah. at um, one of the massive department stores in London and um, various roles there but the, the, the environment that she was in as a woman in a very male dominated environment, environment that she was in and then when she set up her business how important it was to her for her to create complete equality in terms of access, opportunities yeah working schedules that allowed whoever you are whether you were a working um a, a working mother or a working father who wanted to take more time out or whatever it was it, her idea of equality is about making all things equally possible for everybody in the workplace um, and that's the way you, you really drive the balance of <laughs> um the, the, the share of the, the load really and and that's a, a great book to read really entertaining story that um that she's got so yeah, yeah. Well, it sounds like any i haven't heard of that one sounds like yeah, an interesting one I'm look, after. Yeah. yeah yeah i've done a uh, one minute manager and good to great although um 
I think they're books that, like I think you said as well, that they're worth just kind of picking back up every now and then and dipping in and out of them. But yeah, I should do that more regularly. Um, fantastic. And um, lastly, what um, what are you passionate about? Tell us a bit more um, about Sally outside of work and yeah, just. Okay, so I guess my girl, underneath it's people really, I think in terms of what what my career has been all about, it's always been about the people, Uh Um, you know, and it's by chance that I kind of work in software decisioning delivery, but that could have been anything really, I just, that's where I fell, but it's all always been about the people and about putting, you know, I, I, I like if I say I like an underdog. That's perhaps not not the best phrase to use. But somebody who's come into the team from a different route and not the obvious place of you know we we always put well, we're looking for a graduate. <laughs> Why? Why are we always looking for a graduate to come yeah. and join the team? You know, so it can be somebody who started off um, a completely different route and but is an absolute superstar and just giving those people the chance to shine in in the team, um, irrespective of just just treating everybody like you've all got your different strengths you know everybody brings something and adding all of that up to a team that delivers the the greater than the sum of the parts you know that that's the thing isn't it it's everybody's got a place in a team and yeah absolutely together that is everyone adds something different don't they like yeah yeah, absolutely So that's is it is work, but that you can take that outside of work as well. So generally, it is about people, yeah. and you know, I would say my daughters are my biggest passion, really, in terms of yeah. wanting them to have every opportunity to be as successful as they can be, encouraging them to do whatever they want to do, <laughs> and and not feel hemmed in by you know the fact that they're both girls. You know, you can choose, you can do whatever you want to do, you can go mm-hmm. wherever you want to go. And my job is to help them be as self-sufficient as possible to allow them to go off and do that. And um, so, yeah, my other passion for me is my dog. My dog now, I'm walking <laughs> miles with her, and it's I love it, especially when you know after the end of a long, busy day, and you can feel a bit stressed. Yeah. You put the dog on the lead, and off we go. And I can be out for a good hour and a half. Yeah. Oh, in the day. So, yeah, I would say that's yeah. probably my other passion. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, I'm just going to chuck a, another little last question in. Actually, what? Um, just we're just talking about you taking the dog out for a walk and stuff like that, and it just made me think. Like, obviously, you've had um, you've had a um, you know, long-standing career. You've worked your way up to um, delivery director um, level, and I'm sure it hasn't come without its challenges and moments where you've had. And obviously we've talked about it, you know, where you've had that self-doubt and it's been difficult. Um, what what have you done um, to look after you? Like, what have you done to, you know, what's worked well for you from a health and well-being point of view? Yeah, um, that's a really good question. And I am honestly not the best at <laughs> doing that always. Um, and I think... You know, I've always been going at 100 miles an hour. I don't often, I'm not the sort of person who can stop and sit. Even when I go on holiday, I can't just sit on a sunbed and think. I start off thinking, oh, I'm just going to sit here all day. And yeah, I do. And, chill. and then within 10 minutes, I'm I don't know about you, but it, yeah, it takes me two or three days at least when I'm on holiday to switch off. And even then, I don't always necessarily switch no. off. It's so hard to get into that yeah. zone where you know you've completely, like, yeah, it's hard, isn't yeah. it? I'm like, I'm like, you just get bored. Yeah, like, oh, no, I, what, I, I, I do. What can I do now? 
Um, I think something I've done very recently, I was doing yoga for a while before lockdown and I didn't yeah. like doing it on, on I, I preferred to be in a class in person um, so I, I kind of, in lockdown I continued to do a little bit of it by myself but I've never really picked it back up again but I did really enjoy the yoga but just more recently I've, I've had some sessions of um, CBT, Cognitive Behavioural Therapy and okay. I found that absolutely fascinating and it's really, really good to learn why the imposter syndrome piece is a really good you know why why is it your brain telling you this <laughs> what it, and, and yeah. just trying to understand what's going on in your head when these thoughts are going through your mind and how to cope with it and to feel something is fine but it's how you respond mm -hmm. to how you're feeling that is the most important thing you know so so I, I I've had a few sessions of CBT over the recent um, months and I absolutely great I, I, it's not something I'd considered no. before but no really, I've not thought about that Think to the, the people thing, really. I'm, you know, how people's minds work is quite fascinating. Mm -hmm. So, so that's one thing, and it's been really, really good for me because it's made me step back and think, why are you going down that rabbit hole? <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah, so, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, fab, fantastic, um, brilliant. Well, thank you very much for your time today. Um, I've really enjoyed, um, really enjoyed our conversation. Um, I feel like we've shared some really valuable um experiences um so um yeah really appreciate you coming on and and we was getting this recording done um if any of our listeners um wanted to get in touch with you is linkedin the best way just find me on linkedin yeah yeah, yeah. fantastic brilliant so if anyone wants to reach out um we do often get um you know people reaching out for advice um mentoring like you know all, all sorts so um fantastic that's brilliant well thank you very much um for your time today i hope you have a good rest of the day and get to enjoy some of that sunshine as well sunshine thanks for inviting me to do this and persevering no we'll there eventually <laughs> didn't we yeah. yeah thank you thanks for listening to our latest let's talk leadership the culture edit reloaded podcast if you are a leader interested in being on the hot seat contact me via linkedin be sure to subscribe to our youtube channel Take care and see you all soon.